0: From the shores of Summer Lake in Tigard, Oregon, it's the Portland Tim Beers Podcast. A show featuring two guys who love craft beer and Portland Timbers soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Jason and Gary. Tim
1: Beers. I'm Jason. I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. Talk a little bit about soccer, beer, and pretty much whatever else we want. Yeah. How you doing, buddy?
0: Yeah. I'm doing. Tired. Tired?
1: Tired. We're working lots of hours these Too days. Too many hours. Yeah. Too many. Yeah. So. Neither what? one of us signed up for that. No, no. We talked about opening a bar, and I think I'd work less if I uh, <laughs> owned a, a bar. A bar owner. Yeah. <laughs> That's not saying much, baby. No. So busy show for the night. Timbers are playing Seattle right as we uh, do this podcast.
0: Play it as the usual uh their usual game too. Yep,
1: up a goal and then give it away right
0: before half.
1: Giving it away.
0: Give it away, give it away now.
1: Um and then SIBA goes down with some nasty looking knee injury. So Yeah,
0: that's that's not good.
1: Guessing he may be out a while a while looking at that. It could be very bad for the Timbers. So we'll have to see. We'll uh stay in touch with the game as we record, but this is our kickoff to Yakima Beer Month. woo Yakima! And with that, I thought we'd uh, start the night with a couple of Yakima beers for us to try. And uh, we're going to go this uh, movement. I don't know if you've seen it, Gary. Uh, of people making black beers to uh, show support for Black Lives Matter.
0: Have hey, you seen this thing? I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um,
1: so one of the beers that Bale Breaker gave me is a, a beer, their tribute beer on this thing. And I thought we'd, we'd t- try it. So Dark Beers, um, it's their celebration or their tribute, rather, to this uh, Black Lives Matter uh, deal. I think there's a donation to uh, some sort of charitable organization. So I'll give you yeah. This so. Haven't been not, This is actually my first of this series types of beer. So, But I figured Bale Breaker, decent
0: way to kick off uh, the show. Try this out. And so this one by Bale Breaker, is, and this is the bail Breaker that I've got in front of me right now, right? Yep. Is the, the Black is Beautiful Coffee Dark Ale. <laughs> um, hot summer night, and we're drinking a coffee dark ale. Yeah. Uh,
1: but hey. It says, uh, brewed to support justice and equality for people of color. Uh, hosted by Weathered Souls Brewing, uh, out of San Antonio, Texas. And I think they're the ones that started this kind of movement. Ooh. Everybody else jumped in on it. Um, but this is Bail Breakers' uh, version of that beer. What do you think? A lot of coffee flavor in it. Um,. Oh yeah, a lot of coffee. In it. A lot of Ooh. coffee
0: flavor. Not, not uh, what I, it, It's a good thing I don't work at like three a.m. or something because I probably wouldn't be able to sleep after drinking all this beer.
1: A yeah, lot of coffee. Coffee dark ales, six point eight percent, one pint a piece. Well, there it is. So, well, so as the listeners know uh, from the last few shows. I have been traveling throughout the state of Washington, (laughs) and and it's offered me a great opportunity to connect with some great brewers, great beer people, great hop growers, um, all sorts of people. And so usually about this time of year, there's a huge event called Fresh Hop and the Fresh Hop Festival um, to commemorate uh, the season, which is this is hop harvest season. And so Yakima Produces is the largest producer of hops in the world. Yeah, And people from all over the world come to Yakima to check out hops and select certain strains of hops or certain crops of hops. And so uh, with that, it's so close. Um, It's also a huge revenue generator for the city of Yakima and the Yakima area, but they're not, uh, not able to do anything with COVID now. So a lot of these guys are just simply pulling hops down, and they're doing stuff virtually to try to sell their hops.
0: Yeah, I saw something on that, kind of like a virtual tour kind of thing of that. It was kind of neat to see. Yeah. So, but it still means
1: it's fresh hop season. So this is the season where you start seeing fresh hop beers like crazy. Um, And so, for instance, next week I'm going to brew a fresh hop IPA, kind of my version of that. Yeah. And uh, with the hops that I've got growing in the backyard. And then with that, we'll uh, see what it comes up with. So, but I did a couple interviews with some folks that I wanted to start off this episode with, and really let it kind of be the the primary thing for this inter- uh, for this week's episode. And so we're going to start with Yakima Valley Brewing. So wonderful interview. These guys hooked us up with this massive swag basket oh, that we talked yeah. about. Huge. Um, but let's give it a listen.
2: Let's learn about Yakima Valley Hops. This is Jason from the Tim Beers, and I am here um, with Caleb Schwecki, I'm hoping to pronounce that name right, from Yakima Valley Hops. He's the chief marketing officer. Um, and I was pointed towards Caleb's way uh, through the well, I guess it's Haas J. Haas Company. Um, and specifically I was interested in Lupomax. But Caleb why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the listeners and what you do and how long you've been in with? Uh, I guess it's a partnership between Haas and and your company.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for thanks for having me on, Jason. And you nailed the pronunciation. Uh, my name is Caleb Schweiki. So, working here at Yakima Valley Hops, and we are we are a distribution partner uh, of John I Haas. They're here in town as well. Uh, but they also have uh, a branch, uh, Barthas, over in Germany. So they're a pretty big company, but Yakima Valley Hops itself, we are pretty small, uh, fairly new. We've been around for, in some form for almost 10 years, you could say. Um, It started with Jeff Perkins, one of the founders, just selling hops out of his garage, selling them on eBay, and it grew from there. Now we're up to 18 18 people on the crew here, Uh, so we're still pretty small, but we sell retail hops online uh, through YakimaValleyHops.com and wholesale hops to breweries all around the world through SpotHops.com. So it's been been quite an adventure, and it's been a lot of fun to be a part of this company.
2: Fantastic. So all you guys are focused on hops, or do you sell other homebrewing equipment and supplies? How does that work?
3: So we do have a brick-and-mortar store here in Yakima Valley. Uh, we, that's kind of how it started as well. So it progressed from Jeff's Garage. Uh, he partnered up with John Snyder, one of the other founders. They opened a, a brick-and-mortar homebrewing supply store. Uh, so in town here, we do supply everything homebrewers can need, equipment, yeast, ingredients, all sorts of stuff like that. But we do specialize in hops, uh, and that's that's the bulk of the business. We sell hops online, and we do sell you know, other, you know, knickknacks and pattywacks and ingredients online, but the, we do hops really, really well. So, Awesome. Awesome.
2: Yeah, I remember uh, when I first got into town about six weeks ago, I stopped by the brick-and-mortar shop, and it's been closed for COVID, so I see it's impacted that business line, but it sounds like online sales as far as hops and all of that stuff is going very, very well for you.
3: Yeah, COVID, you know, definitely has had some impacts. Uh we do uh we did close the the brick and mortar store. Uh we do pickups. and you can place an order online and you can stop by and pick it up. But as far as just like coming in and shopping around, uh, you know, we're not doing that anymore, just trying to limit limit contact and everything. But yeah, I mean even even during COVID people are drinking a ton of beer. Uh so We've been selling selling a lot to home brewers. Uh, some people are stuck at home, looking to you know re- reignite their love for the hobby or looking to get into it uh, for the very first time. So a lot of a lot of home brewers are brewing up, and uh, commercial breweries too. You know they're they're brewing a lot of beer. It's kind of um, it. Covid has had a wide range of impacts on breweries. You know it impacts everybody a little bit differently. So. Um, it, there's been some definite, you know, winners and losers, uh, you could say. But um, yeah, in general, you know, the beer's still flowing. Uh, farmers are still growing hops here, so it's still it's still looking looking really good. Yeah, fantastic. So,
2: um, when I rolled into town, I'm I'm like I'm going to the hop capital of the world. Like this is going to be fantastic, and the beer scene is going to be totally amazing. Except that COVID's going on, and I'm like well, I'll still check out the brew scene, right? So I'm sure some of the brewers are still open. And there's some that have just absolutely shut down. There's some that have temporarily suspended operations because of business. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the Yakima beer scene um, and how long you've been in the beer scene, um, but kind of what you're seeing play out within the Yakima beer scene.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been in the beer scene. I've been working in beer my whole professional life, which isn't terribly long, but – Um, I'm in my mid thirties, I think somewhere around there, but, uh, yeah, since college, uh, I started working in tap rooms, bottle shops, uh, that evolved into breweries, you know, working commercial breweries, uh, now hot broker. Uh, but I've been, I've been home brewing since college. So I've been, you know, it's been a hobby. It's been a profession. It's been great all around, uh, tons of great people love everybody that I work with, but, as far as the scene here in the valley it has been um it it's been a little rough for some breweries uh there have been a couple that that closed down um because of covid and, and other reasons and the breweries that are still operational they're they're kind of um they're struggling a little bit to find new distribution channels right because before covid everybody was really focusing on the the cap room Uh, model right you know so pouring beers out the tap serving them in your tap room that's that that was the model that was really successful really growing but then covid came along and nobody can hang out in a tap room anymore so uh the the beer community they had to come together and actually they came together in a really cool way you know they they helped each other out um as far as canning everybody kind of pooled resources so that breweries could can get their beer into grocery stores, get them into distribution channels like that. So it was really cool to see how uh, the local beer community really came together. And, you know, the the shelter in place or stay at home, uh, you know, uh, things like that, they did last a little bit longer here in the Yakima Valley because of uh, a lot of the agricultural workers. So they're um, – it's been hitting some of the agricultural workers a little hard. There's a lot of uh, meat packing and dairy facilities here as well, and those have, you know, historically been hit pretty hard by COVID. So, as far as like, um, you know, our cases, we've the valley has really been struggling with a a lot of cases of COVID. We've finally kind of seems like we've peaked. We've been, you know, flattening out and lowering. So. We are now moving into like, you know, phase two, Uh, we had been stuck at phase one for a long time, but phase two, so there are some local breweries that are opening up their outdoor spaces now, which is really awesome. Um, You know, it's still not, still not the same. There are still some limitations and things like that, but in general, the Valley's moving in the right direction and it's really, really optimistic.
2: Yeah, so there's, I mean, so much to dig in on that. So I'm going to Single Hill's reopening tonight, and it will be interesting. I went several weeks ago and bought some beer at their little storefront to pick up place for, from them, but a beautiful brand-new building. looked like they'd just opened up or been opened up for just a little, little bit of time before they had to close, and so it'll be interesting tonight to go and check out Single Hill and and, and see how the community supports that, and are they ready to go and have a beer in a public setting? Um I go to the public house of Yakima and it's packed every single night I've been there. So I'm guessing that the public will come out and support single Hill, but I feel bad for some of the little breweries that uh, have shut down because of COVID or indirectly shut down because of COVID that couldn't last, especially in this environment. It's pretty amazing. Um, So let's talk into beer shops and uh, tap tap rooms. So there seems to be one. I mentioned public house of Yakima. Were there more? I know there's a place called the beer shop at one point, but when I came in town looking for a beer in Portland, I can go in and to a grocery store, and there's a broad selection of craft beers at most of the grocery stores. Here it's pretty limited, a lot of domestic stuff sitting there, um, but the craft beer selection is limited to, to Bale Breaker or somebody that appears to have negotiated a really good deal to get in on that shelf. Um, are there other places to get craft beer in Yakima, and where am I going? What am I missing out on, on grocery stores or bottle shops?
3: Yeah, so the, the the beer shop did close, um, you know, not too long ago, um, but they, they did close down. Uh, they had been, you know, a little. You could grab a pint, you could grab a growler, you could grab packaged beer to go. So that was really nice. It was a bummer when they closed down. Uh, the The public house was also great, um, but you know, the as far as grocery stores, uh, you should definitely check out Ray's. They have they have an incredibly extensive selection of craft beer. They got local stuff that's where a lot of the local breweries have been uh, finding shelf space, which is really nice. So raise, if you want to, you know, grab a a smattering of uh, different local selections, that's, that's a good way to go. But, you know, being here in in the heart of hop country, there's so many good breweries. So really it was kind of, you know, pre COVID you could just, Hey, you know, what want do you want to go to tonight? You know, we'll go to single Hill. We'll go to, you know, wandering hop. We'll go down to varietal and, you know, a little bit south of us, but, you know, that had been kind of the culture. So there really wasn't, like, a huge need or demand for, you know, bottle shops or even, you know, some of the grocery stores to carry local or even, you know, like, smaller regional stuff.
2: Yeah, cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, Haas and some of the products. Um, I was over at Valley Brewing Company, I believe, uh, a few weeks back, and they had a collab between Haas and themselves. Um, using Lupomax, which is a new ingredient. What can you tell me about Lupomax? And then and I want to jump into Incognito as well.
3: Okay, definitely. Yeah, yeah you must have gotten it really fresh because uh, it, it just launched a couple weeks ago. So I'm, I'm glad uh, glad you got to see some of that Lupomax beer that Valley brewed. It turned out great. It was really good. We uh, we drink it pretty quickly here. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they can you know rebrew it again pretty quick. But Yeah, uh, Lupomax, really, really exciting all around. It is, it's kind of the same, but different, you know? So you got hot pellets and they go through the pelletizing process. And in traditional hot pellets, you might see them labeled as like type 90 or T90. And the the story goes that there is, in the traditional pelletizing process, you get 90% of the whole cone matter that you put into the pelletizer. So you throw whole, cone, whole, whole cones in the top and pellets come out the bottom, and you get essentially about 90% of what you put in. That 10% that comes out is the, the vegetative matter, you know, so cellulose, plant, you know, the, the, the green stuff. So the exciting thing about Lupomax is not only is it a little bit more of a concentrated pellet, so they remove more of that vegetative matter, so it retains more of the acids, more of the oils, more of those really delicate things that you want in your aroma and flavor. So it removes some of that vegetative matter, which is awesome. But the really exciting thing about Lupomax is that it's consistent. So it goes through a very rigorous lot selection process, and right now, Lupomax Max is available in Citra Mosaic and Sabro, and there, there's more varieties that'll be available after the 2020 harvest, which is actually gearing up here pretty quick. But um, they they select the lots for Lupomax Max to be true to type and then consistent year over year. So you know, um, it, there's you know 10,000 acres of Citra in in the pacific northwest and every single lot you know sometimes crossing the road can make a big difference uh just in the aroma the oils the alphas how it presents how it's brewed Uh, so finding those lots that are consistent and taste similar year over year over year is really important you know so if you buy 2018 citra you know that it's going to be similar in your recipe to 2019 Citra, um, and so the Lupomax, it kind of gets rid of those fluctuations, both in aroma and flavor character, but also in like the analytical side. So the the oils, the alphas, every year Lupomax is going to pretty much be right at the same alpha. Um, you know, there's going to be slight variations because it is an agricultural product. But for the most part, it's going to be very targeted, very consistent, and very specific. So for homebrewers, that's great. For everybody who, you know, they got a favorite pale ale on tap, you know, a pale ale. If you want to, you know, really dial in that recipe and make it perfect, you got to have consistent ingredients going into that recipe. So Lupamax works really well for that. Also, you know, if you're submitting homebrew to uh, competitions – Then, again, you you really want to dial in your recipe. If you win a blue medal or a blue ribbon once and you do the same recipe, but your hops are a little bit different, you might not win a blue ribbon the next time. But Lupamax, consistent. And on the commercial side of things, uh, commercial breweries, you know, they need that consistency. They work really hard reformulating recipes and things like that to hit, especially on like their flagship beers, you know, to hit that consistent flagship quality every single time that they brew, uh, you know, they got to do new new calculations for alpha acid. They got to, you know, do some sensory stuff to make sure that this lot of citra tastes like that lot of citra that they brewed with in the past. So it's definitely exciting, you know, both for home brewers and professional brewers.
2: So, I mean, that's that's massive, right? So it's how to decrease variability so that you can replicate easily, um, which is what beer drinkers want, is I taste a really awesome beer. I want it to be awesome the the second time I've had it, and the tenth time I've had it, and the hundredth time I've had it. So um, Yeah, exactly. So talk to me on the – loop. yeah, talk to me about on Lupo Max and specifically, can it be used just like a traditional pellet? It can be used at any point of the addition into the wort?
3: Yes, exactly. Yep, they – they look like normal T90 pellets. They feel like normal T90 pellets. They brew the exact same way as regular T90 pellets. So you can use them for bittering, you know, if you want, uh, because they are concentrated. The alpha acids in general are higher, you know. So I think Citra, I think 2019 Citra Lupomax was like uh, 18.5, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, And like our normal citra was more around like 16. So they're, you know, like they are more potent uh, from the bittering perspective. But the real benefit to them would be using them late, late in the boil or whirlpool or dry hopping. But you can absolutely use them in in any application that you would use normal pellets.
2: So how does a home brewer get access to these? Are you guys selling them
3: online? Exactly, yeah. So we're selling them on yakimavalleyhops.com. Uh, you can buy them in 16 ounce, so one pound, uh, eight ounce, half pound, or a little two ounce increments. And right now, um, we're running a little low on Sabro right now for the Lupo Max, but we do have a really good supply for Citra and Mosaic that will last us until the new 2020 stuff will be here. Uh, which will be showing up sometime in November, uh, from what it's looking like.
2: Cool. And then let's talk about Incognito. It looks like a different form. Um, it looks like a hop extract, is what it looks like to me. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, definitely. So uh, Incognito, it's it's a full spectrum hop extract. So where LupoMax removes some of that vegetative matter, uh, Incognito removes all of it. So there's absolutely zero vegetation to it. It's only the acids, only the oils, only the things that you want. So it's a really concentrated, you know, beautiful form of hops. It's kind of like a liquid. It pours out normally. uh, And that one specifically, you do really only want to use it in very late applications uh, just because it is, you know, it's really good at maximizing that flavor, maximizing that aroma. And then, uh, you know, so use it late edition, use it whirlpool. And then um Lupomax can be used dry hopping, incognito. There's been a couple breweries that have, you know, kind of experimented dry hopping with it. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, doesn't necessarily, because it is a liquid, um, it, it's definitely better, you know, if you can whirlpool it, you know, hit it with a little heat. Uh, you won't quite get the same uh, like solubility out of it. Uh, if you just add mm-hmm. it to, you know, for like dry hopping. So kettle additions <laughs> work best for incognito. Sweet.
2: And then are you selling incognito or, uh, I mean, are you selling that in the side of the store too?
3: So we're selling incognito. Uh, currently it's only in two kilogram jugs. Um, so that's, that's more like the commercial scale but we are we are working with a packaging manufacturer to get it down into little uh like homebrew doses but then also like an appropriate dose for a single barrel um so you can buy a bunch of these Sweet. like one barrel dosage uh you know drop them in if you have a you know one barrel brewery at your house or it even does store fairly well so you can you know unscrew the cap and squirt some in and put it back in your fridge and it'll keep for a little bit. But yeah, so the the wholesale sizes are currently available on spothops.com, but the smaller homebrew sizes, uh, those should be available. I don't want to make any promises, but, you know, we're still a couple months out on that. So maybe, you know, maybe December, January, um, but we're, we're working really hard on that because it's been, you know, as soon as we launched it for commercial breweries, uh all the home brewers were like, hey, that looks really cool. Yeah. I want to brew with that. <laughs> but it would yeah, take me a year two totally kilograms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um and then you
2: have a different syringe that's available on the website too. Uh is that just a standard hop extract or
3: Yeah, so so that's just like a standard CO two hop extract. That's only intended for bittering purposes. Um it's you know, targeting a specific alpha acid, um, between like 50 and 60%. Um, so that's really only intended for, yeah, the bittering additions. And then we do also have, um, so John Iha's also produces, it's more of like a usable form of CO2 extract, uh, called flex, uh, right now that, that normal CO2 extract, uh, you got to warm it up a little bit, you know, it kind of, hardens even in the syringe you gotta you gotta work with a little bit to use it that flex is it pours at room temperature it's really easy to measure out and stuff uh again that is currently only available for the commercial breweries uh but we are working you know again to get it down into smaller homebrew size packages
2: sweet that's awesome awesome knowledge and Cool stuff that's out there potentially in the very near future for home brewers and small craft brewers. Um, talk to me about a little bit about what you think, homebrew guy, selling hops, doing that type of stuff. What is the next big innovation for small craft brewing and home brewing?
3: So Lupa you know, it's really new. That was a big step, uh, both commercially and home brewing. Uh, the 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 initial feedback that we've gotten from homebrewers on the Lupamax, everybody was super stoked. Their beers turned out great so far, and everybody's, you know, really excited. Everybody who's brewed with it is really excited about it. Uh, the, you know, getting the incognito down into a homebrew size, that's going to be a game changer as well, just because, you know, large commercial breweries, they're more interested in that efficiency and, you know, not having process loss. But also, too, like homebrewers, if you're working all day on something, you don't want to lose, you know, a couple six-packs due to, you know, your your hops soaking up that wort. You don't want to lose any extra beer if you're working hard on something. So, using Incognito, you won't have any process loss because there's no vegetation. So, that's going to be really cool, too. But, you know, uh, as far as big innovations, I think those are the two big ones that we're really excited about. But then, uh, you know, also too, there will be new varieties coming out for Lupomax. So, rumor, rumor on the street. You know, uh, I don't want to make any promises again, but uh, yeah, El Dorado is really high on the list mm-hmm. of varieties to turn into Lupomax. Um, one of the newer varieties coming from Brew Lot Farms, uh Brew One, B R U One. That one is just like pineapple juice. Uh, so that yeah. variety is also high on the list for Lupomax as well. So I'm I'm excited to see what varieties do come out after the twenty twenty harvest for Lupomax.
2: No, that's really exciting. That's Fantastic stuff. It'll be interesting to see, again, some of those things that are harder to get uh, or uh, harder to access in other places. Having the ability to grab those in a pellet form would be awesome. So, um, And then a little bit, how has COVID impacted you? I mean, we touched on it, but how has COVID impacted um, not only you guys, but also Haas, the parent corporation? Because it seems like brewing is up. People are buying more beer or other types of beverages. But um, what's the impact?
3: Yeah, the, there's definitely winners and losers. You know, it's hard to paint like a broad picture. Um, you know, looking at some of the some of the market research, uh, like the big guys, AB InBev, Miller Coors, they're really suffering because you know they don't have the stadiums. The stadiums aren't open. The events aren't open, and that's really where they sold a ton of their volume. Um, the like the mid regional breweries, the guys who already had uh, shelf space on the grocery store that were' already canning, already packaging, they seem like they're really really you know benefiting or selling more beer because of the of the current environment. And then you know we, we touched on it a little bit, but like the the local tap rooms, the small neighborhood places that were only selling draft they're they're definitely struggling or you know needing to pivot, needing to you know kind of change their business model. So there's definitely winners and losers all around, but um, you know the as far as like the the agricultural side of hops, everything was really planted and in the ground before March, so before COVID really hit in America. So all the acreages planted, all the hops are growing great this year. Uh, this summer was a little bit cooler here in the Yakima Valley, so it took really until man, like late July before we hit those triple digit, you know, really sunny, hot days. And those are the days that, that hops really love. Uh, so it, you know, the, it's looking like the harvest might be like a couple days later than previous years. Uh, last year was like really hot, really early summer, or really early spring. So this year it's a little bit different, but uh, the, the crop itself is looking really good, really healthy. There wasn't any major like pest or uh, disease issues in the Valley here. So it's, you know, really optimistic from like the grower perspective. That's uh, exciting. So
2: <clears throat> I know one of the festivals you guys are known for is what the fresh hop event um, uh, here in Yakima. And that was postponed this year until next year, but really a celebration of all things hops. And um, and so I know I'm looking at, I've got that marked down on my calendar for next year to come back and visit and check that out. So
3: Yeah, definitely. That was that was kind of a heartbreak because yeah, the so the there's the Fresh Hop Festival and that's always on Saturday. Um I don't know what date it was going to fall on this year, but that's always on Saturday. It's really big. It's downtown. Tons of breweries, tons of fresh hop beers. Last year I think there was over five thousand people that came into town for that. So that was a really big event for the city. Um, but then two the night before on Friday night, uh, we throw, we call it the Fresh Hop Party because we have tons of live music, you know, food, beers. It's more of like an industry event. A lot of the farmers come, a lot of the breweries come, and it's more of like a, you know, smaller, low-key industry hangout. You know, we're not able to do that this year either. So that was disappointing, but we, uh, we're definitely looking forward to next year because, yeah, you know, Fresh Hops, Yakima's really proud of their hops all the local breweries are really proud of their beers. So it was definitely a bummer that they couldn't, you know, kind of put that on display and brag themselves up a little bit at the fest this year.
2: Yeah. It seems like a massive community gathering and rallying the community around brewing in the brew scene. And um, I think definitely will be missed from what I hear and see. And, uh, uh, but again, I look forward to coming back and seeing, seeing the city rally behind their hops and their beer uh, next year. Or so well, talk to me about your favorite yeah. beer uh, you've had by a Yakima Brewery, and then talk to me about your best beer or the best beer you've identified ever.
3: Whoa, that's a big question. So uh-huh. um, right. So the, the, the beer that's in my fridge right now is uh, Casita. It's a nice, light 5.5 lager from Varietal Brewing Company. I really like that. It's just clean and beautiful and drinks really, really good on these hot, sunny days. So that, that's what's in my fridge right now. But I would have to say that I'm really, really partial to um, citizen grain from single Hill brewing. That's like their dry hopped lager that they do. And they use uh, Laurel hops and a little bit of Chinook hops for the dry hopping. And it's just like mm. so bright and lemony and zesty and so clean. I, that's, if I could only drink one beer for the rest of my life, it would probably be Citizen Grain. <laughs> really?
2: Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I Yeah, I'm a I love good light beers. I mean, my my number one beer ever is a a, a light beer as well, it's a Kolsch uh and a, not even an American Kolsch, but a Reisdorf Kolsch is my number one oh, beer. I can point sure. to it and say that is my favorite yeah. beer ever and it's consistent yep, and absolutely. it's Absolutely. Imper- brewed that way forever and then uh and I then go to something very dark on the opposite of spectrum for number two, which is Abyss by Deschutes. Um I enjoy that.
3: Uh, there you go. I go yeah. stand
2: in line for that every single year like a sucker, so but that's <laughs> what I
3: do. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I'm a Wisconsin boy, so I I am definitely uh I got a I got a big place in my heart for, you know, bourbon aged stouts, bourbon aged barley wines, things like that. And, you know, as far as, like, those beasts go, uh, Central Waters in Wisconsin does about the best barrel aging stuff in the country, so. Hmm.
2: Fantastic. I'll have to look for it. Good, man. Well, uh, I appreciate the time that you spent with me.
3: Um,
2: Again, you've, I think, educated the listeners on kind of the Yakima beer scene and then introduced them to Yakima Valley hops and— and again, if they're looking for Lupomax, if they're looking for uh, hopefully Incognito in the future, um, or any other homebrew supplies, uh, Yakima Valley, Valley Hops is the place to look. So, but Caleb, I appreciate your time that you spent with me and the listeners.
3: Yeah, it was tons of fun. I really appreciate the invitation. So good talking with you, and yeah, I I appreciate the invitation
1: there we are Yakima Valley Hops the interview very educational yeah not too bad huh Yeah, no good 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 massive thanks to Caleb Uh, again awesome awesome interview thanks for spending some time with me talking about the Yakima beer scene talking to me a little bit about what Haas is offering and then learning kind of about what he does man I mean he's got a homebrew shop but he's a a hop... What do you say? A hop, hop purveyor? Hop broker. Hop
0: broker, dude. Yeah, Broker. Ridiculous. How do I get that job? I need, like, brokering deals for all those hops that get grown. Remember when we went and saw
1: Bill Long over at Long Brewing, and he, like, grabbed some hops out of the freezer and blindly just crushed them in his hands? Told you what lot and what field they were from? Yep. Yeah. I'm yeah. betting this Caleb guy could do that.
0: Probably.
3: Yeah.
1: I bet if I uh, went to my backyard... Crush the hops. <laughs> I could tell you what lot and field they were in. It's the uh, Rogers
0: <laughs> Plot One that's Field about, Center.
1: That's the uh, closest I'm going to get to that little skill. <laughs> so, uh, so what'd you learn, man? So you learned about Lupomax and Incognito. Yeah. You've uh, tasted the CO2 syringe. Yeah. Never do it again. Never. <laughs> so at the tail end of uh, last podcast. <laughs> We're downstairs. Brutal. Wrapping up. And uh, Gary grabs his syringe um, with a little prompting and nudging by me. A little? <laughs> Gary takes a little dab on his finger. It squirts out. A ton of it. <laughs> yeah, it
0: ended up coming out uh, a lot more than I expected. So then he puts it on the tip of his tongue and just about wretches. It was <laughs> horrible. Absolutely horrible. So a- as you listened in that interview that... Those are 100% strictly for bittering your beer. Oh, yeah. And they're very definitely bitter. There's <laughs> no question. It took me an hour and a half after tasting that just to get the taste out of my mouth. It was horrible.
1: Well, so we tried it, or you tried it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, there was no we in there. No.
1: But uh, still, entertaining, no end on my. I mean, I, I was laughing, man. I couldn't yeah, you stop. Were, I just about pissed myself. Yeah, uh, so. uh, that would have been. Now, that would have been funny. Oh, my Lord. It was ridiculous. All right, man. Well, what else did you learn in that interview? Did you uh, pick anything up other than we have to go to Fresh Hop next year? Yeah, got to go there. Got to go there.
0: Um, You know, he brought up a very interesting hop type that i really would love to to get my hands on yeah and do some experimentation with and then that was the uh, brew brew one the yep. bru one uh sounds like it's like primarily a pineapple flavor type hop so that would be a fantastic one to get a hold of for the all the uh summer beers yeah they were
1: quite generous they gave us uh, Citra Sabro and I believe the mosaic uh, Lupomax
0: yeah that'll be interesting to experiment with those as well
1: and then I'm totally excited to get my hands on some Eldorado and then certainly that brew one yeah the pineapple Kolsch I just made um, that would have been awesome man.
0: yeah I am I'm almost wondering you know it'd take probably a few batches of experimentation to do it with but it the way he described that, it's almost like pineapple juice. Um, it it would be interesting to see if you wouldn't even have to add a pineapple extract to that Kolsch to get the pineapple flavor if you used that hop varietal. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I mean, definitely interesting. Um, I kind of like the juiciness that pineapple offered. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'd be fun to experiment. It and yeah, definitely. So, And then the consistency of uh, the same hop, the same flavor, over and over and over over again. Yeah, and, and
0: then getting the same alpha acid content or very similar alpha acid content is, is huge.
1: Yep. Well, so check these guys out, Yakima Valley Hops, and type them into the old Google machine and pull them up. They've got a homebrew shop, but the bigger thing is your access to hops is as unbelievable so they've got tons and tons of different hop varietals Lupo Max um, and then CO2 syringes Um, I'm looking forward to messing around with the CO2 syringes here eventually so uh, I'm going to squirt some in your beer when you're not looking
0: bittering only (laughs) just remember that bittering only
1: yep that's what your mouth showed it showed a bittering only face a
0: a very bitter bitter beer face was definitely there
1: Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, uh, check the score of the Timber Sounders match, and then let's talk a little bit about homebrewing and what's going on with our homebrew stuff. Um, (laughs) I'll give you an update on my uh, anvil and what's going on with that darn anvil in the Blickman Engineering Group. (laughs) And uh, then we'll talk a little bit about uh, Mount Angel. I went down to Mount Angel today, so we'll talk about that and my visit to uh, Benedictine Brewing. So...
2: We'll be back. There's just one schlitz, yeah, yeah, nothing else comes near. When you're out of schlitz, you're out of beer. It's my wizard, is you there's only one thing that
3: will do when you're out
0: of slips. You're out of beer. Alright, we're back. New beers
1: in hand. <laughs> Another bail breaker's uh, finest here, dude. Talk about extremes. So again, Review for the listeners. We did Black is Beautiful by Bale Breaker. It's their rendition of that bad boy to support yep. BLM. And now we're doing the Clarity Rarity release number two. <laughs> so this is a hazy IPA off of uh, their uh, series here on
0: hazy IPAs. And what do you think, dude? It's a hoppy bastard. <laughs> really? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think that the the issue I'm dealing with right now is I just got a huge mouthful of foam, so a lot of the aromatics and the the bitterness got released in one shot there. So,
1: well, as soon as I crack this can, I mean, this is a fresh can, um, brought back from Yakima very recently, and it says a sunny clarity rarity <laughs> with <laughs> juicy and hop aromas. Tangerine, Lemon, and Pineapple. Uh, featuring Experimental Hops.
0: Hmm.
1: And then... I'm trying to see what it's like. HBC692. So... I
0: have to look that hop up, dude. Yeah, I'm... Uh, you know, I'm not getting any of those subtle flavors that they talked about initially. Um... Or that might be because we started with a dark beer but
1: i get the lemon right off the bat like uh, right on the front side
0: i'm just getting a lot of bitterness right off the bat really yeah um reminds me of the syringe
2: <laughs> Jeez.
1: well the can is beautiful so the can looks like a freaking hop cluster you can yeah, see the that on the untap
0: is is, is uh, gorgeous it's and like love- a fall scene
1: And I love the, I actually like this beer. This is a, for a juicy IPA, um, I get a lot of lemon on the front side. I get kind of a, kind of that sour twang of a tangerine there. You
0: know, you do, you you pick up the pineapple on the back side. Yeah. That's where I'm picking it up.
1: And I really hate pineapple on my backside. It hurts when it comes out. (laughs) You got to make sure it's pointed the right way. Oh, shit. (laughs) So, but yeah, no, this is a good beer. I like this beer, man. So this is. uh, I would drink this. Well, you are drinking this. No, I'm just snorting this. (laughs) Snorting's drinking. It goes down the same hole. No, (laughs)
0: not in my book. All right, there you go. Mm -mm.
1: Well, so uh, let's talk homebrewing. What are you doing homebrewing? Why? So absolutely nothing. You should have a marzin. I should have a marzin
0: in the damn tank, but. You know, events in Portland have kind of fucked up my brewing cycles. So literally. Uh, yeah, literally. Just fucked it up. No, I'm talking about literally the party.
1: So yeah. So it's coming up very soon. We're like well, four weeks out.
0: St- here's the issue. Yeah. One, I don't know the party date yet.
1: Um, so we're either aiming September th- <laughs> 3rd, or not September 3rd, October 3rd and 4th. Or 4th, probably October 3rd, 2nd or 3rd, sorry. What day is that? Friday, Saturday. Okay. Okay. Or I'm gone the following week because I'm in anniversary stuff. Yep. Can't mess with the 25th anniversary. Yeah, can't do that. So the following week, uh, some friends of ours that usually come to our party are gone. They're gone that whole weekend, 16, 17, 18. So that puts us at 23, 24, 25. Yeah. Which will work. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, it could be just raining cats and dogs on us by then. It generally usually is. Yeah. So, Yeah. and then the following week after that, Halloween.
0: Yeah, that's true. That is very and true. And that's Black Widow Night. Yeah, and you can't mess with Black Widow Night, right? No, you can't. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I've got no excuse except for the fact that work has literally ate up every waking moment of my time. Well, it sounds like you're fucking brewing tomorrow. I'm working tomorrow. <laughs> what time are you going to work? 2 o'clock. Uh, what are you doing from 9 a.m. to noon? <laughs> <From> ni- <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I need to get my ass to the store and get a bunch of ingredients.
1: Well, so when's your next day off? This weekend, right?
0: Yeah, it'll be this coming weekend.
1: Yeah, no, boy, no. we got to get something in.
0: No, it- that's uh, what I'm saying. I mean, there's just really been zero time to to put anything in the tank.
1: Well, let's talk this out. So if you brew on the 11th, that gives you two weeks of fermentation. That puts you up to the 25th, and yeah. then you'd have to I'd have to keg it. Keg it, and use the stone and just like slam it for a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then make sure your tap handle's not open.
0: Well, I fixed that problem. <laughs> <The> fucking bushing. <laughs> Cost me five gallons of absolutely fantastic beer. Just why did you have your tap handle on it? I don't get that. Because uh, I was drinking beer and serving beer. Uh, okay. um, I'd just filled four growlers for the neighbor across the street yeah. to go to the lake for. So uh, I was going to go down the next morning and, you know, put some more ice in, probably pour a beer. <laughs> yep. Tap poured it for me all into the goddamn container around the the keg. Yeah, that's so, nuts, yeah. Yeah. Well. Lesson learned there. Don't leave the tap on the keg.
1: I'd love to be able to pull this Oktoberfest off on Friday the 2nd or Saturday the 3rd. Well, but it, your schedule's also.
0: Yeah, my schedule kind of will really dictate a lot of that. I've been lucky in getting a lot of weekends off unless there's special assignments. Um... But the one thing, I don't know that we need more than five gallons of beer. No, we do. Do we?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Dude, you've seen how people party.
0: Well, but are we going to have the numbers this year because everybody's afraid of COVID?
1: Uh, That's a good point, but I'm going to be there, and I drink a lot of beer. Yeah? I don't drink five gallons of beer. No. But remember last year, we killed almost both kegs. Like, yeah. Mine we, had like a third left in it. We had a lot yours, of people. And yours, you almost killed all your bottles because I don't think you
0: brought your keg, did you? No, I didn't bring the keg. Yeah. I brought all the bottles. Yeah. And I didn't take a single bottle home, I don't remember. No. Yeah, so, we, we annihilated that.
1: Yeah, I think um, that'll be interesting because I don't think I did a Mars in last year. I think I had Black Widow on.
0: Yeah, I think, I, we definitely had two different types of beers. Yeah,
1: well, so you decide what you want to do. I'll have five gallons of marrison. I'll know tomorrow because I'm going to pop it in the keg tomorrow. Yeah, and then uh, I'll be able to at least to get an idea if if it, how it did. So, um, but yeah, good. Well, what's on the horizon in the near horizon for you, dude? Brew wise, anything besides a Marazin?
0: You know, I might. Mess around with another single malt, single hop with uh, the hops that those guys gave us. Yeah. Um, Especially as well as that last one turned out. Um,
1: Yeah, that'd be good. Especially some of those hops with some of the uh, experimental ones.
0: Maybe do like an experimental IPA type thing. Yeah, that'd be badass. Uh, Find out how that works.
1: Well, so I, uh, again, Marzin's in the uh, fermenter. will yeah. come out tomorrow. Finally, today, it <clears throat> went to the gravity measurement I needed. Did it finally go to <clears throat> 009? Yeah, it said 009. And then uh, instead of bouncing between 10 and 9. Yeah. And now, so I give it a full day on that. And then tomorrow, I'll pull it. Um, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. And then. Next weekend, I'm going to do a fresh hop using my own hops. So we'll see how that goes. That should be interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Mr.
0: Sticky Fingers after you pick all those cones. Yeah, well, I'm
1: going to literally just sit there and pluck the cones, I think, on Friday when I get home. And then Saturday, fire up the anvil, which leads us into that discussion. But uh, yeah. fire up the anvil and see if it, A, works, and, B, uh, make myself a little bit of fresh hop beer. But, yeah. And then uh, I was just telling Debbie that the batch after that, which is a couple weeks probably, will be Black Widow. Yeah. So i got to buy the green and do that whole dance. Yeah. So and I'm guessing... Probably the week of Oktoberfest, like Mount Angel. So like the 17th, 18th of that week after, right. I'll do the Black Widow and have that in the fermenter. So, And then when that's done, then it's got to be abyss time. So Into the Abyss will be uh, a big, huge batch. And I was talking to her about that. I'm like, I don't know if that this anvil will hold that grain bill. Because that Into the Abyss grain bill was it's freaking It's huge.
0: New. It was a huge grain bill.
1: So it'll decrease the amount that I make. Definitely, yeah. so.
0: Well, then you can just, you know, claim the supply-demand thing, right? Right. The demand may be very high, supply is very low, so only special people get it. That's right.
1: Well, only special people get it anyways. <laughs> and no state fair this year, so I couldn't have my No, comeback. that's true. Man, bastards. That's true. Took all that knowledge they uh, critiqued me on, added it to the beer, and guess what? No state fair.
0: No state fair. Can't. Can't re-enter.
1: Maybe I'm going to enter two years' worth over there. Ooh. (laughs) This year's and next year's. There you go. Well, so the Anvil Brew System by Blickman Engineering, we reviewed it, uh, been talking it up, (laughs) used it for this Merzen and a few weeks back, fired it up. No worky, would not go boil at all. No worky. Um, got it up to 170. It would not go above 170 and literally let it sit there for about 30 minutes and just watch the thing go from 160 to 158 to like 154 to 150. Hit reset, did the whole dance and nothing. Nothing. So thank God I had that old stout tanks and kettle uh, brew, bu- brew bucket.
0: Okay, which I'm is- going to stop you right there. Yeah. So, for all the listeners, Blickman Engineering is known for just making fantastic brewing equipment. Bulletproof. That usually works consistently through harsh conditions, everything.
1: Bulletproof.
0: (laughs) So, to listen to Jason tell this, that's not good, Blickman. That's not good. Yeah, well... I got the fucking
1: lemon, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this thing comes, welds wacky on the back, so right where the seam is on the outer skin. Up near the top, there's a couple little gaps where you can see they missed the weld, and I'm like, eh, I can live with that. And roll it into the boil, do the whole thing. Anyways, doesn't get up to boil, and so kick the shit into the stout tanks and kettle thing, let it cool down, because you're supposed to let it cool down. Yeah. And then actually cleaned it out, and then filled it with water, and then tried to bring it up to 170 or 150. And actually, I moved it on to boil, wouldn't go to boil. And then was like, oh, maybe I'll just try to bring it to 150 or 170, which is what I did before. Right. Wouldn't do that. And so emptied it out, messed with it, and tried to reset it and do the whole thing again, let it cool down, nothing, So I was like, what the hell? So I reached out to them, literally in the garage as I'm boiling out of that Stout Tanks (laughs) brew kettle. (laughs) I'm like, hey, listen here. This is BS. (laughs) (laughs) I just about ruined a batch of beer, and thank God I had my Stout Tanks thing. Old reliable. (laughs)
0: That's bad when you have to have to have a backup to your Blickman. I was so
1: pissed. So, like Debbie cleared out, She was like, "I'm, I'm not gonna be around you." So, because I was <laughs> fired up about this anvil brewing thing, man. So, basically, go through the brew process. Maresin saved it. Goes into the, uh, goes into the fermenter. Does just fine. Yeah, not for any help of the anvil, but. Um. So I play phone tag with these guys. I leave a phone message the day of. I leave a phone message like two days before. No return call. Again, they're known for customer service. Like they are the Nordstroms of customer service. Yeah. No call back. Not at all. So wow. email limit, nothing. And then finally I get a reply saying, yep, yeah, we've got your complaint somebody somebody from engineering will call you
0: <laughs> somebody from engineering
1: like two or three days goes by finally somebody gets a hold of me says hey i've got a series of like 10 questions ask like was i on 220 110 <laughs> yada 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 answer the questions nothing into like the vacuum yeah so i call back and i'm like what the hell
0: well that's engineers they're not uh they're not service oriented not great all. service no
1: yet. So customer service gal's like, yeah, he's in a meeting right now, but he'll call you back. I'm like, dude. (laughs) Two days later, he emails back, and he's like, hey, I've got two more questions. (laughs) Like, what the (laughs) F? So then we do a couple more exchanges, and finally he's like, you know what? I'm just going to ship you a new one. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I'm like, well, cool. Can you tell (laughs) me where my uh, Turbo 500 condenser is for the still attachment? Because I need that, too. And it's on back order. And it's been on back order for, like, two months. So, and he's like, oh, those are still on back order. I'm like, are you guys going to ever tell me? Or do I have to just guess? No, you got to guess. So I don't know what's going on with Blickman, man. But I didn't have great customer service with them. And I was not an asshole. I was trying to be the nice guy. What? I was trying to, like, let this play Wait out. Wait a minute. And, dude, I just got absolutely <laughs> killed on this thing. So, but we'll see. So, I, on nine eleven, not a great day, but on nine eleven, my arrival from Blickman slash Anvil should be showing up, and I'm going to use it the next day. I'm not messing around.
0: Yeah, let, let's hope that's not a uh, bad omen when that thing shows up and it still doesn't work. Well, I can tell you when I'm using my hand or
1: making my hand sanitizer with my new condenser. Yeah. Um, I don't want it to shit out in the middle of making hand sanitizer. No, too. gotta
0: have good hand sanitizer. Going. That's
1: like good life and death shit right there. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, you gotta keep your hands from.
1: So, if it can't even do a batch of beer, what makes me think it's going to do some hand sanitizer?
0: That's not good, Blickman, when you got Rogers busting your ass. Dude, I, I got to give you a long <laughs> rope.
1: But I swear to God, this thing messes up. I'm going right back to Stout Tanks.
0: <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> oh, Blickman. Like, I am not happy. Not so, good. If
1: I see one little issue with the weld that tells me right off the bat that, that I got that it's going
0: to be shit. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. This, better be, this better be good. Especially, uh, Blickman charges a premium for their stuff. Yeah, I know. So it should be just fantastic. Yeah, I'm hoping I just got the lemon. I'm hoping right. it was just bad
1: luck. And We're about to find out. I'm a nice guy. I deserve good service just like everybody else. <laughs> so, and I have a podcast. So I'm going to beat the crap out yeah, of you. Yeah,
0: that's, I... <laughs> that's not good for Blickman right there. There's like eight not people that listen good. to
1: us. So. Yeah, well, there you go. There's my, uh... My deal. So, then we uh, go on a car drive today, Deb and I. So, I've been working crazy hours and not at home, so. Yeah. Spending time with my lovely bride, and we shoot off towards Mount Angel, because they're not doing Oktoberfest this year. They're doing a virtual Oktoberfest.
0: I don't understand that.
1: Yeah, I don't either. So, but I want to pick up some bratwurst for our Oktoberfest party. Yeah. So, the big rope sausage from Mount Angel Sausage <laughs> Company. <laughs> Sausage. Yeah, and uh, so I had a bratwurst, had some fondue, had my very first Oktoberfest beer by Polliner this oh, year. Oh, you bastard! Oh, so fucking fantastic, dude! I'm so Literally. jealous. <laughs> Mass produced Oktoberfest beer, but like, oh, but good. Caramelly malty, just so good. Uh, so did that, and then went up and checked out the Abbey, the Benedictine Abbey. Yeah, those and- guys
0: are pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty
1: cool. They got a nice campus up there. Checked out the buildings. Nice little spot. They got this badass soccer field, dude. What? These monks play soccer, I think. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, no, you wouldn't be when you see this. So, all you Summer Lake people. All you Summer Lake people that bitch about the old Summer Lake field. (laughs) The the Benedictine monks. Worse than
0: that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Here, I'm
1: going to show you this.
0: Oh my god! It looks like an airstrip. There you go. They, they got goals set up out in what what looks like tilled cornfields.
1: Yeah, no, literally it is. So, and I was like, <laughs> and there's like where the tractor went through. There's like ruts. You can see it. And I'm like,
2: how the hell do they play on this?
1: But the goals are brand new. When you actually look at the goals, they're white. They're brand new. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm like, all you summer like people that complain about summer like field bitching. We're going to go play in the Benedictine Monks. They're probably going to kill us because yeah. I've seen Shaolin soccer. Because so.
0: they're used to that.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know what? We're going to get killed. Every so. other
0: kick's a bicycle kick. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're doing the Pring Mantis and <laughs> mixing cultures there. But uh, still.
0: Triple ABB sideswipe.
1: So a few years ago, they switched gears and um, they've made beer there for years. They opened a uh, brewery, a microbrew pub and tap house down the street from them, and the monks actually make beer and serve their beer there. Yeah, and we had them on the podcast a couple years ago as they were opening.
0: I remember that. Yeah,
1: so Deb and I stopped in there and had a couple beers, unbelievable beers. I picked up a, I drank a Belgian uh, Dubbel today, and very coffee, roasty notes, pretty well balanced. And then I bought the double, and then I bought a Triple.
0: Oh, God.
1: So I have both those in bottle form. We'll try those at a different date.
0: Yeah, you wait for a cooler fall day.
1: You should have seen what I just about pulled out of the fridge a second ago. Big Gentleman Stout. That's another day. Um, And then Deb had the, I believe it's a St. Gabriel, but it's a Hell's Lager. And Uh so... I had it when they first opened up, and I rated this thing like at a 4.5 or 4.75 on Untapped. So pretty high, like super high, like up there with Reisdorf Kolsch. Yeah, and um, and it absolutely like lives up to it. Like I would have rated it there again. But when I was plugging it in and having it with her, you saw I'm like, that you'd already rated. Holy rate it. crap! This is a great beer, and I saw what I gave it before. So. Huh. Yeah, that, that Hell's Lager they have up there is easily one of Oregon's best Hell's Lagers that I've had. Like, wow. Like, unbelievable. Super clean, super balanced, like, biscuity. Oh, it's so good. So. But, yeah. So... Mount Angel Oktoberfest Not happening this year Nope But I am going up Again on the 17th and 18th Or 17th or 18th Which is usually the Oktoberfest weekend Right To pick up A sleeve Of 2020 Oktoberfest Clear plastic cups Really? Well, they pre-bought all that crap. Oh, and now they can't. So they're selling it, and so for like five bucks, I oh. picked up a sleeve of fifty. Oh, oh. And so we're gonna have real Oktoberfest cups. We're gonna cups. have
0: collector Oktoberfest cups for our party, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's badass. So I'm gonna
1: have that, and then I got a couple hat pins. Um, the hat pins are cool this year. It's the tuba player, but he's wearing a COVID mask. It's what? Like a little German? Yeah. It's really? Fantastic. Yeah. It's good. I like it. <laughs> Especially since I got shut out of the uh, hat pin last year. so
0: <laughs> I'm going
1: to go up there and whine and see if they'll give me a hat pin. Yeah. I'm going to tell them my Blickman story and see if hey, they... Hey, but can...
0: you got to show up in your leaderhosen. I am going to
1: show up in my leaderhosen.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, this week we're up in... Uh, I'm doing some testing up in Wenatchee area. So yep. we're going to be pretty close to Leavenworth. And Ooh. I'm bringing my leaderhosen next week because we're going to go up one evening and as a team... And hang out in Leavensworth. so so
0: you're going to be running around your leader hosing in Leavenworth
1: with a COVID mask.
0: Yeah, that's freaking fantastic.
1: Yep, yep, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I agree. I may, uh, yeah, I may have even my hat. i Have awesome. to think about that. So, but anyways, what else is going on, dude?
0: Yeah, just drinking beer, podcasting, working.
1: All right. Well, we're sitting at an hour and four minutes, so uh, I think we should wrap this bad boy up. Come at you next week with a fantastic set of interviews. I believe we'll have uh, interviews with a local beer reporter uh, from the Yakima Herald, My Trang. And then uh, I believe we will also hear from the owners of the new tap house in town, the tap of Yakima which is a self serve tap room. So, but with that, let's close this bad boy out. Tim Beers. Tim Beers. Thanks for listening to the Portland Tim Beers podcast. Be sure to visit the Portland Tim Beers podcast on
0: ACAST.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you love the Tim Beers podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate,
2: and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Tim Beers.